Luke chapter 15, verse 11, let us stand. This is a very familiar story. I'm going to look at it in a different way. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Underline that, a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all there, arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him unto his fields to feed swine. Now watch, watch the, the fall this young man takes. Uh, this man takes a fall when he, 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 he moves from his father's house where he's fed, where he's clothed, where he's loved, where he's protected and, and, and cares for him and watches him. Watch the fall where he winds up at. And he would fain to have filled his belly with the husk that the wines, swines did eat, and no man gave unto him. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for your mercy, your grace, and love. We just ask you to touch hearts. Open our minds, Lord, to receive the message that you would have implanted into us. And Father, empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And you may be seated. I, I'm interested in that uh, uh, place mentioned in verse 13. It is the place known as the far country. And just for a few moments this morning, I want to preach to your hearts the dangers of a far country this morning. You can't help to see the, the normal life wrapped up in this story. You see some sons and a daddy. The Bible doesn't mention a, a, a mother just to see natural progression of life going on. A young man starts growing up like we see him today. And he starts filling his oaks. If you have the young men, if you ever got up when you was 13, 14, 15, start filling your oaks and you wanted to challenge your daddy for the authority of the house, how many of you got knocked back down? Well, this, this, this boy right here, he's starting to fill his oaks. Uh, he said, hey, uh, his eyes got off the farm. He started looking elsewhere. He got off the fields. And he got into a country. And I don't know how this happened, but I, I, I'm surprised that it happened like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened like this. Every once in a while, somebody would come by the farm. And when they would say that, they would uh, uh, begin to tell this young man that has an inquisitive mind. They would tell him, uh, man, you are missing out. You're, you're missing out. Life is passing you by. Hanging out on this farm doing all this work. You're all the time taking orders from your daddy. You're all the time having to uh, work a day and night here on this farm. Taking care of the cows, taking care of the sheep, uh, bringing in the harvest. Man, you're, you're missing out, man. I'm telling you, just over that hillside over there, just out there 
where the sun sets, there's a far country, and they're having a good time. You have no idea what you're missing, boy. Man, the parties, the music, the fun they're, they're having. I'm telling you this, Daddy is keeping you back from living, enjoying your life today. I mean, if your daddy really cared about you, he would let you go and try living that life. I mean, he's so strict. He's got all these rules. He wants you to go and, and have fun. He, he don't want you to leave the farm. But you really need to go out and give it a shot this morning. You see, that's what's going on. I'm sure he talked to his father about this. It doesn't come to his daddy as a shock. I'm sure that he has spoken these things to his daddy. And his daddy knows his son. I'm sure he said, now son, you know now. I'm telling you, it's not cracked up what it's called to be. I'm telling you, there's a dark side to that far country. That people are passing through here and not telling you about the dark side. I'm going to tell you, uh, you're going to have to wind up missing your life, messing your life up by running down there in that far country with that bad crowd that you wanted to run with this morning. But you know, the child is always smarter than the daddy. How many of y'all were smarter than your parents when you were 14, 15, 16 years old? Right, boys? I, I know what I need. I know what I want. My mom and daddy don't know what I need. I, 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 I got this age, and when I got this age, all the intelligence came in on top of me. They don't know anything. That's what he's telling daddy. Daddy, you really don't know nothing. I have reached this age, I've got to this age that I really understand what's going on in this world. He says, I'm so smart, I know everything. If you don't know, just ask me, I'll tell you. Amen. He said, I, I want to go. I think to myself, I, I, it, it wasn't the daddy's fault. Where, it wasn't his daddy's fault where he winds up and where he was at. The boy got a good daddy. You know who this daddy represents this morning? The daddy represents the, the God the Father this morning. Nobody could point the finger at God and says, Hey, you've not been a good father. Hey, uh, you haven't been an instructive father. God's not been a corrective father. God hasn't been a merciful father. There is that, uh, that's, this is not the daddy's fault where he winds up where he lives at. It's the boy's fault. And the reason why it's his fault, because he's got a heart problem this morning. Let me say this, when people leave good Bible preaching churches and they'll wind up getting in the hog pen and getting all messed up, uh, here's the first thing they start saying, well, it was the church's fault. It was the church's fault. It was that preacher's fault, the way he preached. I just couldn't take it anymore. They had a problem with the preaching. They had a problem with the singing. 
No, it was a heart problem. And that heart problem ended up manifesting in the far country this morning. I will say this about this boy. Daddy taught this boy something. He taught him, you can't live like this in my house. You can't do that in my house. God is telling us the same thing this morning. You can't walk like that in my house. You can't live like that in my house. Uh, you can't say the things like that in my house. This is my house. If you want to do that, you've got to get out of my house. Why did this boy have to leave to go blow his money on riotous living? You know why he let her leave the house to do so? Because he knew that daddy wouldn't put up with it. Daddy said, you, you may do it, but you ain't going to do it here. For, in 2 Timothy in chapter 4, Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me having loved the present world. You know, there's one thing that Paul taught Demas. Paul taught Demas this, and he got, he got the message. I can't minister and love the world at the same time. You, you can't straddle the fence. You can't be somebody that ministers to God, calls, uh, and God wants you to do. You can't be like that. He said, you either going to have to serve God or just go on to the world. I can't live like the devil Monday through Saturday and we try that. I know that. I can't live like the devil from Monday to Saturday and come in on Sunday and, and, and try to live for God on Sunday only. There's a saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Our problem today is we're only giving out cures. We're only giving out cures from the pulpit. You know why they want to give out cures only? Because that is positive this morning. Oh, this is your good life. This is the best day ever. We want to give all the, the, the positive. But let me tell you, an ounce of prevention is negative. Don't do that. But I'm telling you this. That ounce of prevention is worth 10 pounds of cure this morning. So this morning, I'd like to give you some prevention. Maybe there's someone here that is uh, in that same boat as this young man. You're looking at that far country. You've got your eyes out there wandering around. What, what would it be like? What would it be like to be able to, to do that? To go there. Go to that place and hang out with all the other ones. What would it be like to listen to that kind of music that just tears your mind up? But your eyes are outside the house this morning. Your lips are saying, yes. But your actions with your eyes are saying, entirely different. In your heart this morning. 
So what is the dangers of the far country? Let me give you three things. I, I want you to open your Bibles. Go to Joshua chapter 9. I want you to keep your Bibles open. We're going to use a little Bible. I'm going to try to use some scriptures this morning to, to show you what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to prove to you. And we really need it because I think there's some people sitting in churches today uh, that their, their eyes are starting to wonder. Their minds are starting to wonder, and especially young people. Now, there may be some elderly people here that their minds are doing the same thing. They're starting to wonder. They're starting to look. What would it be like? What would it be like? Joshua chapter 9, verse number 3. The, the far country is a place that will deceive you. Here in chapter 9 of Joshua, we find the children of Israel have come out of the promised land. They're getting, a, uh, getting the ground that God has promised them. They just come out from whipping uh, Jericho in chapter number 6. They just got through whipping Ai in chapter number 8. And there's a group of people that are going to try to trick them so they don't get wiped out. So the far country is a place of trickery. Verse number 3. And when the inhabitants of Gibbon heard that Joshua had done unto Jericho and Ai, they worked wildly. You say, what in the world is that word? Wildly. You ever heard wildly coyote? Right there it is. And went made it as if they had been ambassadors. And took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up. And the old shoes they had clotted upon their feet and, and the garments were upon them. And all the bread of their provisions were dry and moldy. And they went up to Joshua unto the camp of Gilgal and said unto him and to the men of Israel. We become from a far country. Now therefore make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Preaventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye? And they said, Which, which whence ye come? And they said, We unto him from a very far country. You notice this. We find that God, in the text, God's people are about to get tricked by something from a far country. Or they say they were they from a far country. Let me say this. Do you know why they got tricked? The same reason, the same reason why a lot of God's people today are getting tricked and messed up in a far country. They got tricked because they didn't listen to God. Look at verse number 14. And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel of the mouth of the Lord. They say, well, it looks good. Well, it feels right. And if it looks good and feels right, then it just must be good this morning. But what does God say about it? What does the Bible say about it? We see we're living in a generation, even among Christians today. They say, well, it, it, it feels good, preacher. I'm telling you, it, it looks real good, preacher. 
But let me tell you, looks and feel good don't win this place to show this morning. The fruit of the good, it may look good. In Genesis chapter 3, the devil sounded good in Genesis chapter 3. It, it's all good. It, it felt good. We, we rely too much on feelings. If it looks good, it feels good, then it must be good. But God said no. Hey, you could take a bite. See, that's what the devil does and the world do today. They'll tempt you with, hey, it, it's just a little bite. It ain't going to hurt you none. It ain't going to hurt you none. God said it's no. If you're not always going on your feelings like living for God, sometimes the world has something to offer you that's going to get your mind off of God. The Bible said it's wrong. It doesn't matter how you or I feel about it. The Bible says it's wrong. It doesn't matter how many people say, well, it's right, feels right, looks good, feels right. It doesn't matter. If the Bible says it's wrong, then it is wrong. And let me say, if the word of God condemns it, then you ought to run as fast as you can away from it. Because if it will trick your feelings. It'll be a trick, trickery that's easy. The Bible tells us not to lean to our own understanding. That's why we don't put confidence in our faith and flesh. Because our feelings can trick us by the devil this morning. Look how they tricked him like the devil does in verse number 22. This is after they found out they had been tricked already. They are, now they found out, hey, these guys are not who they say they are. And Joshua called unto them and spake unto them, saying, Wherefore have you beguiled? That's that same word used when they was, had Christ in the uh, temple and they blindfolded him. They come up and slapped him and they beguiled him. It's a punch in the face. The punch in the face. Where if thou beguiled us, saying, We are far from you, where you dwell among us. Paul uses in 2 Corinthians 11 when he said, I fear lest any by means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your minds may be corrupt from the simplicity that is Christ. It's the exact same word Paul uses. The devil says things like this in Genesis 3. One bite won't hurt you. It's just one bite. God is trying to keep you back from living a good life. She said, God said, don't, don't eat of that. But the devil said, for good doeth knoweth that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be like God's, knowing good and evil. God is just trying to keep you back. God is mean and ugly. He won't let you do that. He won't let you go there. God's just being mean to you. Thou shalt not. 
So we don't want the negative. We don't like the negativity. We want the positive. We got so much positive stuff coming out of pulpit today. It will do us good to have some negative in our life now and then. A, a few words of negative. A negative view of the sin. A negative view of the world. A negative view of the flesh. Instead of, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm positive. I, I, I am this. I am that. How, how about I'm wicked. I'm evil. I'm, I'm vile. I'm unjust. I'm ungodly. We ought to just look at ourselves like that now and then. The world is an enemy of God. And if you are not careful, it's going to mess you up. I mean, it's just one bite. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. Kids, here it is. It's just one drink. It's just one smoke. And if you don't do it, you're, you're, you're going to look like a square. Everybody's going to talk about you. You're not one of us, and they're going to put it to you. You're not one of us if you don't do this. Let me just tell you, they'll never tell you the end result of that one smoke, that one drink, or that one showed up in your life. They'll never tell you the end result. That's how the devil tricks us. It's just trickery. The, the, the far country is a place of trickery like the devil does. Watch the deal that they made with them. Look at verse 15. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swore under them. You, you see what happened here? We don't have time to read the whole next couple of chapters, but you go and read it. They make a deal with them. Then they get, can't get away from them. Can I say this? Young people, listen to me. The devil's going to put it out there one time and say, hey, it's all right. It's just one bite. It's just one drink. Go ahead and smoke a little bit. Nobody's ever going to know. It ain't going to hurt you. But let me tell you what. When that devil gets you so bound up like this and you get so tightened up with that uh, and you start going down that path and you can't break that path, you can't walk away from that path because you're so bound up. And the only way, the only way that you can ever get loose from that bound up by the devil is by the power of God. You cannot get out of it yourself. You cannot not walk from it from yourself you need the power of God the best solution I've got for you is to never go down that road because it's a long lonely road and you're going to have to travel it by yourself but when you realize where you at I'm in that far country that's why we have these rescue missions that's why we have counselors because you can't break that bond that bounding by yourself it takes the power of God the far place the far country is a place of trickery it will get to you it will get to you look at 2nd Kings chapter 20 2 Kings chapter 20. 
I love this story. All these are familiar stories. I don't know if you ever looked at them the way I'm looking at them this morning, but all of them are familiar stories. Every one of them. Second Kings chapter 20. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them and showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver, the gold, and the spices, and the precious ornament, and all the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasure. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. And he's talking about the people of Babylon. He showed them everything. Then came Isaiah the prophet and said unto King Hezekiah and said unto him, What saith these men? And whence came they come unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thy house? And Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in my house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the day is come that thou wilt thy have thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left said unto the Lord, and thy sons that shall issue that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall be they be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the kings of Babylon. Far country is a place of thievery. It's a place that I steal from you this morning. We're looking at a man, Hezekiah. Hezekiah is a good king. You can be a good Christian. You can be a good kid. You can be a good man, good woman, good boy and girl, and have nothing to do with this. I know a whole lot of Christians that are far better than I am. Whole lot more. They've been down the road a lot longer than I have, and yet today they're not in the pulpit. They're not preaching. They're not even in church because they got caught up in a far country. You say, What does this far country steal from you? When, when, it'll steal when you start dabbling in things that the world holds up as being important this morning. It stole his happiness. Now, if you read, go back and read chapter, this chapter from 1, verse, 1 to verse 11. Hezekiah was sick unto death. The prophet came to him and said, Hey, hey, buddy, you need to get your house in order. God said, You're going to die. Hezekiah was laying on the bed. He'd roll over to the wall and he'd start crying and praying on God. You know I serve you. You know I walk with you. God heard him cry. And before the prophet could get out of the house, he said, told him, go back and tell him you're going to add 15 years to your life. Now, can I say this? If the prophet told me, hey, you get your house in order because you're going to die tonight, and then comes back about 20 minutes later and says, hey, God said you're going to live another 15 years. Hey, praise God. Glory to God. I'm getting out of that bed and I'm going around and telling everybody God has healed me. God has touched me. God has lifted me up. I prayed unto God. God hear my cries. And now God said, here, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to go praising God. I'm going to be filled with joy in my life. I'm going to be happy. Amen. Amen. Aren't you? 
Amen. This, this man was happy. God gives him 15 more years. You know this guy had to be happy. Until the far country comes. When he gets the announcement of that far country is doing in his life, is taking the joy out of him. I, you know, I've seen Christian lives, I've seen the far country remove the joy out of Jesus out of their lives. But, but did you notice something in these two stories we just heard in Joshua and here in Hez Second Kings? You, you notice something about these two stories. I, I want you to get this. Please do not miss this. Even in Joshua chapter 9 here in Hezekiah, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 20, Hezekiah and Joshua did not go to the far country. Now, our, our story began with, with this boy going to the far country. But Hezekiah and Joshua did not go to the far country. The far country came to them. They tricked them. It tricked them. It stole from them. You know what I found out? You don't have to go to the far country. The far country will come to you. You can watch people. You can tell them that in their hearts and their eyes and the things of the far country are starting to weigh on them. They come to church and they listen to preaching. And it does absolutely nothing for them. It's on their face. It's in their eyes. It's in their expression. There's no joy in life anymore. There's no happiness. They don't like doing this anymore. There's no joy in coming to church. There's no joy in singing anymore. You know why? Because the far country has swapped something plastic for something that's real. It's taken the good stuff in your life. It stole your joy. You don't enjoy the things of God anymore. You don't enjoy preaching no more. You can't enjoy that. You can't enjoy this. You can't enjoy the singing. Why? Because the far country stole it. And you can see it in people's eyes. You can see it in people's faces sitting in church. It's been stole from them. You know what I found out? After 23 years of preaching, I found this out. Your body can be here. And your heart can be out there. Your body, your heart be out there and your eyes be out in that far country. I, I found out the longer I live, the far country will come to you. We got phones. We got TikTok. All these apps. I'm just telling you, you, you got your kids have got phones, and, they, and they, all, all you see them is doing this, doing this, doing this, and doing this, and you can't even talk to them because why? The far countries came to them. They're holding far country in their hands. Amen. I, I, 
I curse the day we start giving kids phones. I, I'm telling you, you go through Walmart and you see kids six, seven, eight, nine years old walk around with phones. Hey, how you doing? And I hate earpieces. I hate, I hate that. I be standing next to somebody and they start talking to me. I turn around and answer them. He looks at me like I'm crazy. Far country's in your ear, boy. I'm here. Amen. Have you ever done that? Amen. I've done that several times. And they look at me like I'm crazy. No, it's not crazy. I've learned that the far country is right at our grips. That Snapchat, that's about the... The far country will come in the form of Netflix. Amen. Movies. The far country will come in any form it can to distract you from the things of God. You say, well, it don't look bad. It don't look bad. Everybody else is doing it. Then why can't I do it? Because it's distracting you from serving God and the important things of God. Far country, it, it, it robs you. It takes things from you. We have a lot of bodies in the pews, but we ain't got a lot of hearts in the pews this morning. You can satisfy your conscience on whether you want to be in church or not, but I'm just telling you. Are you here or are you really here this morning? I'm asking you this. What you are about this morning? What are you all about this morning? Well, they're here to praise God. But they ain't really here to praise God. The body is here, but the spirit's gone, soul's gone, heart's gone, not in it no more. And some of y'all are probably sitting there, oh, well, dear God, I wish he would shut up so I can go home and eat lunch. Your heart's not in it. Your heart's not here. My body is here, Lord, preaching. My body's here, but your heart ain't here. Your heart is not in the things of God anymore. And you say, how do you know? I can look at the expressions on your face and your eyes. I can tell when you're starting to drift away and you're starting to look at the far country. Amen. I'm just telling you. That far country is a place that will rob you of the joy of God in your life. The Bible says the, the joy of God is our strength. Mm, mm. No, y'all figured that one out. I ain't telling you. They ain't got no more praises in their heart no more. Can't raise their hand and say praise God no more. Let, let me tell you what. The world didn't save me. My flesh didn't save me. The devil didn't save me. I'm going to give the praise and glory to the one that did save me. I'm going to lift his name up. I'm going to give him the glory. I'm not going to let the devil rob me of the joy that I know where I'm going. 
Get right with God and you'll praise him. Amen. Well, not today. My eyes on that far country out there, that's looking good. That looks real good out there. It does. It stole Hezekiah's happiness, but it also stole his home. He didn't get his stuff in happiness. Verse 18, And they and thy sons shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away. Not only did he mess up his life, but he messed up his kids' lives. Parents, you still got kids at home? Please listen to me. Please listen to me. Grandparents that deal with their grandchildren on a daily basis, please listen to me this morning. They are watching you. They are watching you. And you should want to push them more to the things of God instead of to the things of the far country. I love this story. I read it years ago. His father went out the door and it had snowed about six inches on the ground that day, that night. And he was walking out the door that morning. And he was walking down the snow going to the shed. He was just walking normally six inches, just, just walking along like that. He got almost to the shed and he said, hey, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And he turned around there was his son behind him. And his son says, look, Daddy, I'm walking in your footsteps. I'm going where you are going, Daddy. Are you leading your children in the right way? What direction are you leading your children in? Because you know they're going to follow you. You, oh, you say, I go to church every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday. I'm in church all the time. But yet, what are you doing at home? What direction are you taking them at home? They're watching you. You're going to put an example. I you, we talked about last Wednesday night. God still changes life, but you make you are somebody that influences others. Your children, you influence them. You influence everybody around you. You do it somebody. You're influencing somebody. But what direction are you choosing to? They're walking in your footsteps. Yes, ma'am. They're going. She's going to walk in your steps. Daddy, he's going to walk in your steps. You better be careful. Let's go back to Luke chapter 15 again. It'll rob you. Far comes, it's going to rob you. It'll trick you. It's also a place of tragedy. This is a tragic story. It ends happy. You say, well, it ends real good. But I wonder how many years Daddy sat in his room at night and cried. Cried himself to sleep before it finally ends up being happy. We don't see that. But I imagine a lot of that went on. Watch the tragedy when you say, 
what is the tragedy of this? It's the tragedy of waste. Verse number 13. And not many days after the younger son had gathered all things and took his journey into a far country and there was wasted his substance with righteous living. Do you know what he's wasting? Verse number 12. Said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth on me. And he divided upon his things. You know what he's wasting out there in that far country? He's wasting something that really doesn't belong to him. He's wasting what his father gave him. Instead of using that to what daddy gave him to be a blessing to his father, to be a blessing to his own life, investing it back in the father's business and giving it the father's work, but instead... He takes everything that daddy gives him and he squanders it. Child of God, can I touch on this as well? It is never touched on in the story. And I don't know why. You don't read anywhere in the Bible back where he got back the inheritance that he squandered. He's still the son, you're right. Nothing changed. He's still the son. But he's black, backslidden. That doesn't change the fact that you're a child of God. He got back in the house. He got back in his spot. He got back to the table. He got back with the place of the family. He got all that back, but he did not get his inheritance back. God has put something in your life that you never want to give up. The inheritance that God gives us. You don't want to give that up. Don't sell your inheritance out so cheaply this morning. I don't think it's real to us anymore. We claim we believe, but I found out in my own life, I only believe the things that I behave about I only believe in the things that live the rest is just talk you can claim you believe I believe Jesus is coming back really if you believe that why are you living the way you live why We wasted. You sit here tomorrow morning and say, I, what do I do? What have I got? What have I got, God? I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. He has entrusted you with some fine talents, fine treasurers in life. What a tragic to waste it. To watch people. Watch young people that God has blessed their life. God has given them talent. And watch them just tragically squander what God has given them out in the far country. It's a tragedy. And we see it going on in churches today. What God has blessed us with. What God has blessed our kids with. And watch them just throw it away. Don't sell your inheritance so cheap. It's a tragedy because of the want, the want in this boy's life. Verse 14, when he had spent all there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in 
won't. Can I tell you, the far country did not satisfy him. Didn't satisfy him. It, 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 it tricked him. It stole from him. It wasn't everything that was cracked up to be. It wasn't everything they said, this is going to give you. And when he gives you, you still in want for more. It will not satisfy you. It paints a pretty picture. It looks good. It party up. Got wine, women, and songs. It looks good. But when all his inheritance ran out, he didn't have nobody. He was by himself. And him and being a Jewish boy had done something he would never ever done if he was been in his father's house, and that was feed the pigs and eat the husk thereof. To him, that was blasphemy. But it leaves you wanting, wanting. It, it doesn't fill the soul. It doesn't fill the mind. It leaves you wanting, guys. Listen, young guys, I'm telling you, it may look good. It may sound good. It may look pretty over there. But it's going to leave you wanting more and more. And you go down that road and you can't get back. Yeah, I, I worry about our young people. I worry some of my adults. They got their eyes set on the far country. And their hearts are in the far country. They no longer like the things of God. They don't enjoy the things of God anymore. But that right there looks pretty good out there. Just over the hilltop. My friends say they're partying hard out there having a wonderful time. You go to the graveyard. See how many laying in there. 14, 15, 16 year old that was out partying hard. Should not have been. Should have been sitting in church. Mom and daddy should have been bringing them to church. What a tragedy. Why did I leave my father's house? When the boy gets to the end of himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare? And, and I perish with hunger, and I'll rise and go to my father's house and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. Father didn't satisfy me. It wasn't all what it was cracked up to be. I want to come home. There's love at the Father's house. There's leadership at the Father's house. I want to be back. I've ran off to the far country, and God will let you come back. You say, well, I, I've done this and I've done that. I've lived in that far country. I'm telling you right now, I don't care how far you go out in that far country, God will bring you back. As sure as you sit in here, there's a God in heaven that forgives and forgets. I know. He will let you come home. He will get you right again. what I find out from this story that we need to get a hold of. You may get off in the far country, but 
but you ain't got to stay there. There's the mercies of God to let you come back home. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm telling you, I, 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 worry, about some, I worry about our young people. We've got plenty of them here. I worry about them because that far country looks real good to them. But I'm worried about the adults. I can see the blank expressions on people's faces like, I just ain't into this. I don't enjoy the things of God anymore. But I'm telling you what, God will say, come on home. I'll forgive you. I'll make it right with you. All you got to do is come. See, the father didn't go to the boys where he was at. The boy had to come to himself to go back to the father's house. I find that Christians need to do the exact same thing. You need to get up, go get the end of self and come back to the Father's house.